It is episode 367 of This Is Whole Life, where we do the investigation, the further investigation into the messages and topics that we discuss each week here at Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. And we are in the midst of, this is week two of a new series. Um, Mm -hmm. We have the voices of Whole Life. This is something that happens every single year. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite message series of the year. And... It used to be that it was just me and that person in the room. And now we have all of us here because we've just heard that, well, Melanie can't take a week off. That's, um, I was told that she is the catalyst of the podcast. I was told that directly this past week. And so Melanie is here to stay whether anyone. Thank you to whoever said that. Yeah, no, it was high praise. And I send me your address. I will send you funds. (laughs) Drop that Venmo. We will be here. (laughs) And so today Melanie is here and Jeff and the only one is not here is. Ken. Mm-hmm. Ken, but in Ken, which is Ch- why Randy was brave enough to say that the Voices of Whole Life is his favorite series. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, exactly. get me, that'll get me in trouble otherwise. <laughs> so in Ken's chair today is our very special guest, Audrey Gregory, otherwise known as Omari's mom. Omari's <laughs> mom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like who I am. Yeah. You no, know, I feel like we've talked, and Ken, Ken didn't believe this, and I didn't tell the story, but I have been referred to more times as Heather's husband. <laughs> then, then you know, I can possibly ever imagine. And Ken's like, "Oh, that can't possibly be true." And uh, it was actually the president. Who was it? I'm going to get the person wrong, but it was Derek Morris at Forest Lake Church, and mm-hmm. we had been doing Hope Sabbath School, which is their like Hope Channel's number one show. At least it used to be, and it was taped at Forest Lake. And Heather and I helped out. And Derek, I was on the AV team. Derek and I talked way more than ever he and Heather did. And as they are introducing us on live television to a worldwide audience, it's like, well, here's Danny Hernandez, you, you know, the youth pastor, and here's Heather McGray, and here's um, um, Heather's husband. I didn't even get Randy out of it. It was yeah. Heather's husband. So I'm like, no, no, I, I have full, I, I completely understand. But that right? just understand. means you chose well. That's, well, you chose yeah. Well. The fact that, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not in question at all. That's never <laughs> That's never been in question, at least not from my side of the equation. So anyway, so guys, if you didn't hear the message, I would encourage you to swipe up in today's show notes. Go back and check out the message because it's one that we all probably need to not only hear, but we probably need to take a little time and think about some of the things that Audrey had to tell us. And while she did uh, cop to the fact that she is Omari's mom, among other things. Um, but you are so much more than just Omari's mom. So in for the, anyone that may not catch the message, why don't you just introduce yourself and give us uh, maybe the couple of things that maybe somebody doesn't know about Audrey Gregory to the podcast listeners. Let's see. So I shared that my favorite role is wife to Owen. I am his only wife. Oh, that's good. Still think that's good job, good, thing. good yeah. job. At this time, yeah. Um, and then I am mom to Olivia, Owen, and Omari. And um, I'm in phase three, which is the Amari's mom phase. And so love that. Actually, an administrator. I'm one of the leaders at Advent Health. And so it's great to be a part of an organization that really is focused on extending Jesus's ministry. So so that kind of that's pretty awesome. And then, you know, I'm a wife, mom, all the other things, um, chief cook, bottle washer. 
laundry door. I haven't heard chief cook and bottle washer for a long time. (laughs) That was one of one of my grandfathers on my mom, my mom's side. It was one of the things that my grandma would always say that he was chief cook and bottle washer, even though he wasn't the cook. (laughs) And then she had a little a magnet on her on her refrigerator that said no man has ever been shot while doing dishes. So it really kind of worked out in his favor and and maybe the longevity that he had. That's great. That was a trip down memory lane. Thank you. I, I love the summers, though, because generally my all the kids are home or at some parts in the summer they are home and they like to do the cooking because mm. they don't always like Caribbean food. So they get to do the cooking. Oh. And so that makes me happy. And so, yes. Do you have room at night when it's Caribbean <laughs> night? Because all I'm saying is that's not, you know, that for some of us, that's a treat. And so, you know. For my children, they're like, oh, we can't stand the Caribbean food. So, so they so like to good. experiment. So they other... experiment and okay. they have a quite a broad, just a very broad. So I love the summer. I never know what I'm going to have for dinner. So. There you go. Yeah. And love it's summers. ready and warm. And it's ready when I get home. Mm. So love the summers. Nice. And then they have to go back to school. So I try to be a responsible parent and, you know, agree with them going back to school. I don't know. Yeah. Summer at the Gregory sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, it is. yeah, I, 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 could, I could get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you were approached about doing the message, what was your initial reaction? Were you... Yay, or ooh, or... Oh, no, mm. it was a... Who was the guy who ran away? It was a Jonah situation. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was scream, run, and my husband is like, you can do this, go back and say yes. Um, and I think my response to Ken was here's the date before I change my mind. And so that's how we ended up with that date. It wasn't like, this is really thought out. This is before I chicken out, here's the date. Now, I've listened to you, though, many, many times, whether it would be on Zoom or in person or taped segments in my former life with Stanley and Duck Duck Productions. What made it the Jonah response when you're an accomplished speaker and you're very confident in was it just because it's church and it's. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because, you know, it's it's one thing when you're speaking professionally, you know, there is a level of authenticity. There is a level of some of your opinion, lots of research. I think, though, when you're speaking in a church setting or speaking around those things that are spiritual, it just takes a different level of preparation to make sure that you, the good speaker, are not speaking and that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to do what the Mm. Holy Spirit does. And as you heard in a part of my sermon, you know, it's hard to, like, submit. So, you know, I always try (laughs) to, like... So you're not a submitter? Not not willingly. Not willingly. Poor Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like we need to have an Owen on next week. (laughs) The rest of the story. (laughs) Well, the thing I guess that I took away first and foremost, I mean, there was a lot of good information in the message. And I resonate with that fact that it does feel heavier. And mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know about Jeff, I mean, you've probably, how many hundreds of sermons have you done in your lifetime? And Melanie, I don't know how many you've done, but I think I've been asked, I found all my old sermons except one that they forgot to press record on back in the day. And I think <laughs> I've done like eight or nine. And every time it does feel though, like if it's not what you do professionally, then you're a little bit on different ground, no matter how confident a speaker you are, yes. that there's a, a, a way to not say something that would, I don't know. It's the outcome, right? It's yeah. the outcome. I well, think- it's very similar to what you actually spoke on, and that is if it's not a part of your cadence, 
of life, it does tend to be an interruption. Like, do I really want, you know, <laughs> do I really want this? Way to throw the sermon back, Jeff, but it is true. It yeah. is true. It is, is this an assignment from yeah. God yeah. Um, or is this something I should avoid? I think also for me, the heaviness is really the outcome, right? It's not the same as you know, giving a medication or just even delivering a professional speech, the outcomes are, I, I, I could say, life-changing, right? Depending on how it is received. So I just always think that there's a heaviness to it. And that may be because the real pastors may feel differently. So in the outcome that you're talking about, I know that the different times that I've had to prepare a message and I prepared something that I thought someone like me would resonate with because that was where my heart was people that maybe had been away from church or were coming maybe on their way back or maybe it would be something that their friends who were on their way back could share with someone else even further away and so what is it for you that when you speak in this capacity and you're worried about that outcome who's the outcome and what what does it what do they look like so for me always when i do this kind of preaching not just speaking. <laughs> it's making sure that at the end, whoever whoever is taking something away, because generally I don't think people take away the entire sermon. They will mm. take away snippets or, ooh, I see myself in that. Sure. But I think when I, I always think about the outcome that I want is to make sure that someone sees Jesus. Like mm. that's the outcome, regardless of the snippet or the piece that they got off the sermon, but it's just the understanding that, okay, I, I can see Jesus. I like to think of it as though almost like your Jesus. I, I want to know your Jesus Correct. because I think each one of us, Jesus is a little bit different. Absolutely. And then I think it's in that minutia yes. where people, like you said, they pick up a piece and go, ooh, I can resonate with yes. that. And yes. I thought that that's, that's really... I think what, and now that might not be the same for the pros in the room. So, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to ask I, Melanie too, but I, I, I use, I, 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 use the, I think the, the word pro is interesting that, you know, because <laughs> if I'm getting paid to speak, um, I'm probably getting paid too much because I don't do a, a lot of speaking, but that's probably very few pastors that would say that I'm getting paid too much. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But I do think that, you know, the number of, you know, the number of times that you do speak, preaching is an interesting word because I do think there is a level of, you want to have a level of influence, mm. that there is a side of this that says, yes, we, but I think, and I want to go down this road a little bit, and that is the fact that I think here at Whole Life, and I really appreciated your, your talk, we haven't been nearly as prescriptive. Yeah. Uh, regarding the the speaking and the pulpit, um, I think we've been much more suggestive, and um, you know, here's something that works for me, and that's why I love this series is because we get a chance to see so many different personalities, and I use that word in a in a very general way. Lots of different people that give ideas, yeah, take it or leave it, yeah, and so it, I think that has been. Part of what I think has made whole life a very important place for my children as well yes. is that it hasn't come down as a hammer. It's come down as much more of here's 
here's a pond. Let's all try to swim in, in this water and see what it's like for all of us. And you probably get a different experience than I would. And for song. my 16-year-old son, yeah. that has been so key for him and his spiritual growth. Mm. And even for Ken, when I said, okay, what am I supposed to speak on? He said, well, or theme this year is follow me. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. to Jeff's point, like, really, could you leave it any broader, broader Ken? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really going to make me do all the work? Yeah. But then it becomes personalized, yeah. right? And then you really start thinking, hmm, what does that really mean to me? Hmm. Yeah. I like it because it leaves an air of friendship, mm-hmm. I think, or mm-hmm. an open invitation to, like last week, I'm, I think we all got to know Rochelle a lot better yes. than many of us who who you know don't see her every day or you know where we and to be able to find those connecting points and Audrey I mean I've seen you many many times I've mic'd you up before on set I mean all these different interactions but you don't get to really know someone you can tell that someone is probably sweet and kind and and those kinds of things but to really hear your heart again I think that's another reason or another easy way for me to now walk up to Audrey as anyone in the church or someone that's heard that message and say, we have a starting point. We have an an open door. Absolutely. So Melanie, what, uh, when you preach, do you concur like with what Jeff said and, and her, what, who, what's your, you know, what's that space that you're looking for when you, when you give a message? Space that I'm looking for when I give a message. The outcome outcome. or the, or the, the recipient or the direct, who you're directing or what you're directing at. So this is what I've told my preaching students. People don't, gen- I mean, sometimes people hear one sermon, their life is completely changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Most of the time, however, it's, it's, it's a trajectory of messages that happen over time. Yeah. In fact, research has shown that um, after a pastor has been with a congregation for about five years, the, the theology of the congregation has morphed such that it is, it is generally in alignment with the pastor's theology, which is something that's really interesting. Wow. But hap- that happens over a period of time. So I, I think that's why the consistency of messaging is important. And yeah. that's one of the things that I enjoy about this, this series, this Voices of Whole Life and, and um, the way that Pastor Ken and um, others on the, the pastoral staff, the approach uh, is much more inductive rather mm-hmm. than deductive, right? If I'm going to preach deductively, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what mm-hmm. the truth is yeah. and I'm going to explain to you why that is the truth and you need to believe it. If I'm going to preach inductively, I'm going to ask a question I'm going to lead you through a process of discovery, kind of like kind of like a midwife, mm-hmm. think in terms of a midwife, asking questions and letting people birth their own conclusion at the end. And so when they when people do arrive at their conclusion at the end, they have ownership in what they've with with what they take away. So someone for example listening to Audrey's sermon this week, they're listening to her talk about interruption and what that has meant for her and her life and then her description with her great story with her mom and and <laughs> all of that, but then walking away like you said, I've been pondering this idea of interruption, you know, others other people talked in our staff meeting this morning about thinking about this idea of interruption. And what people come away with is their own. Yes. Even though it was a gift yeah. from Audrey, then people can take away their own conclusions mm. and applications. Melanie, that is so true. For feedback, if I've gotten 10 feedbacks on Sabbath, it was 10 different perspectives mm-hmm. from people saying, 
oh, this is what this means to me. I listened to the story. An older lady came to me after the service on Sabbath and she Mm -hmm. goes, you know, my neighbor came to my door and I was going to blow her off and just ignore her because I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm so happy I gave her the time because now I recognize that that was God interrupting me. This was a divine appointment and this is what I needed to do for this lady. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, everyone walks away and owns what it is that they understood. That they took away. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think we know week to week that that's happening and that's kind of the style. But it's easy to forget when it kind of becomes your norm it was definitely one of the things that I took away from your message was none of us like the interruptions. And so every one of us has a story about interruptions that we just wished that we had done better. Mm-hmm. There's some that we go, wow, that was, man, I was in tune with God that day. And I totally knocked that one out of the park. A lot of times I feel like I get confused about you might pray for, you know, like, give me someone in my life, put someone in my path or give me something that you need me to do. Or because sometimes it just feels like you, you get in a rut and it's just like, please, another a, a change, even though I know that when you pray that were a, a while ago, I remember Ken saying, you got to be careful about what you pray for, because you never know how big that that thing might be that God decides <laughs> that you can handle and you're going to put in your path. But the times when it happens and we we realize it, we get it right and then however imperfect our response may be by someone else's standards, but by our standards, it was like, wow, that, that really, that really went well. I want more of this from your personal standpoint and from your walk, how these interruptions, when, when they're from God, when they might be selfish or when they might just be, do you have a process that you kind of vet these through <laughs> that, you know, might be helpful to someone who might need to resonate the same way that you do? I chuckle because I remember <laughs> on Sabbath, Pastor John said something that I think was so correct. It's the more I run my own agenda, like I, I am a list person. I have lists for the lists. <laughs> um, the more I run my own agenda, specifically when that agenda doesn't really involve Christ as much Mm. as I should. Um, Generally for me, it's when I start getting those proddings off the interruption. Um, And so that's when I know that, okay, Audrey, you got to pivot just a little bit. And so I don't really have a process. What I do know for myself is my walk with God is very relational, right? So it's, Similar, I think that's why marriage was created, so we can understand what the walk with God is is supposed to be like. Um, Don't tell Owen that I said that. Um, (laughs) Stop listening, Owen. But I I think it's, for me, rather than a vetting process, it's really, where am I in my relationship with God? And based on where I am in that relationship with God, am I understanding what it is that he needs me to do and what that needs to look like with my children, with strangers, with work, with my neighbor, with all the things that I try to segment my life into? And that's what I use. I wouldn't call it a vetting process. It's just understanding the the closer I get to God, the more I understand his heart. And his heart is not as selfish as I probably am most. Okay. Not most, some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the hard part is really, it's almost a like a, a rhythm or that, that walk is when it's really good and we've been in mm-hmm. our, you know, in our Bible, we've mm-hmm. been in our prayer time and, mm-hmm. and, and just prayer for others. I find when I pray for other people that a lot of times things are, 
things are more clear. Like you, mm-hmm. maybe it's just a self, maybe it's part of that selfish thing <laughs> where you're like, ah, okay, quit praying for your problems. You know, you were made aware of this person, this person, this person, or this situation, mm-hmm. and they could use your prayers. Pray for somebody else for a while. And sometimes that seems like it might um, let things flow a little bit easier, make that understanding a little bit better. As I stop and think about how I approach those things, and I, I'm a list person, and then I get another list, and then it's like, okay, now we got to put these two lists together. And I get very frustrated when the list isn't getting done and then the interruptions Mm -hmm. keep coming and you have to start navigating a different flow. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you start navigating that different flow, I just feel like if you continue, it just, you continue, you end up in places you don't expect. (laughs) Not that you don't end up in those same places. If God is, is more in charge of your, of your, of your list, how do you involve God? God in that process. Cause I find that when I'm a lot of times I'm in, I'm in work mode when I'm, when I'm typing lists, I'm not thinking, I, I know the outcome is going to be better if I'm involving him in that list and go, look, there's a ton of stuff I have to do at home, at work, you know, relationally, we all have those things that we have to include. How do you remind yourself or how do you go about it? And this can be for anyone. If you've got something that works for you, I think it's important that for those that have some kind of a system or maybe it's just, I, you know, I'm just at that place. I don't know. But where you find that distinctive remembrance of mm-hmm. to say, all right, I need to I need to pray before I make a list. I need mm-hmm. to pray over that list. I need to start tomorrow's list, like the next, like the night before, praying for it. Because I feel like there's so much time that I I waste going. Why did I put that on the list? I should have not done that. I should have. And then I pray about it. Becomes so much clear, and I'm like, <laughs> would it have been that clear if I just started that way from the beginning and just saved us all that you know all that mess? Because I, I, that happens to me a lot. It really does. Because I just get too laser focused on things. So maybe I'm backwards, but I, I don't pray over my lists. I just, I God knows that I'm interruptible. There we go. And then mm. I make my list and I do my list. And then sometimes, I mean, sometimes I don't recognize in the moment I'm being interrupted. Correct. Sometimes later I was I, I think, oh, I was interrupted. Oops. I have I have this ridiculous story that I, I don't know if I've told you before, but... I had uh, driven into Nashville in a rental car one time, and I dropped the rental car off at the rental car company, and I was going to Uber home, and I checked to see how much Uber was, and I thought, oh my goodness, I am not going to spend that on an Uber. So I set out walking, thinking if I walk a little closer to home, maybe the price will go down, because I'm too cheap, right? Oh boy. So I walk, wow. about a, I walk about a mile, and then I check Uber again, and I'm like, I am still not paying that amount. That's <laughs> So then I walk about another mile and I check again. Nope, still not. Please tell me you're not hauling luggage and stuff. I, down I'm the not street. hauling okay. luggage, but I I see these people and they're 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 like calling and calling and calling for something, and uh, they they seem to be looking for something. So I walk a few more blocks and then I see this little fluffy thing running around in the road, and this is in the middle of the city. This is in, in downtown Nashville. So I I realized it was a dog. So I went and picked up this dog. It was heavier than it looked. And I, I realized this is probably what those people were looking for. So I pick up this really heavy, small dog <laughs> and I turn around and I start walking the, the back the way I came. And I pr- probably was a mile back to where they were. And I got to where the people were and I said, is this who you're looking for? 
And the girl just burst into tears and she came running over and she grabbed the dog and she said, I was praying that God would help me uh, find my dog. Uh, and I thought, God, are you serious? Like <laughs> you knew that I was too cheap to pay that much for Uber and this lady needed help finding her yeah, dog. Yeah. And sure enough, I check on my Uber. It's like $14 to get home now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that was Ooh, an interruption. Yes, but yes. <laughs> but I laughed because I, I already, we already had an agreement that I was interruptible. So... That's hmm. just what happened. And Melanie, I think I think that's the sweet spot is making yourself interruptible mm -hmm. and God knowing that you're interruptible. Yeah. Because it never really, not once has it ever said to me, <clears throat> hello, this is going to be an interruption. <laughs> it, it has never happened that way. No lights come on, it's bells after ringing. after the fact, like <laughs> yeah. two days later, or at the mm -hmm. end of it, you're like, oh, oh. okay, so mm -hmm. that's what God wanted me to do. Mm. But I think the availability, and I think I mentioned that somewhere in the sermon, it's having that availability to say, okay, what you need me to do, Lord, I am going to do. The other thing that that I have had to work through in answer to your question about the list is not compartmentalizing. Because sometimes we think, mm. you know, your car rental life is different from your Christian mm -hmm. life is different right. from your right. baking life yeah. is different from your whatever life. And sometimes God wants to use your baking life. He doesn't always want to use your preachy life. He wants to use your cheap not paying for Uber part of your life <laughs> to accomplish his purpose. So it's really about the availability because mm -hmm. God acts in ways that sometimes doesn't make sense to us. Like, why did you make the decision you made, Melanie? But now mm -hmm. you know why, right? right? It was ordained that way. And so, yeah. So I'm going to ask for the parents that are listening, <laughs> um, Audrey. <laughs> Because, nah. you know, what do you say when Amari says to you, and he hasn't finished his homework yet, and he's got he's on the phone with a friend, and he says, I'm just making my life very, uh, you know, interruptible to my friends. And you were saying, oh, well, wait a minute, you need to stay focused. So it, that's a really good question. So kind of goes back to God knowing you. Amari's a good kid for you yeah, to use yeah. as an example because Amari's also a very focused kid mm -hmm. who also is good at prioritizing what needs to be interruptible. And so for me, when Amari says to me, hey, mom, I really need to help so-and-so through this, right. I'm generally okay because I know that he'll get back to homework, but he feels that this is this is a priority. It's an interesting question you, you raised. I... Probably about three months ago, my middle one, who's at the University of Michigan, had an encounter where he was interrupted by a friend. And he doesn't consider himself overly spiritual, my middle child. He's still working through that. He doesn't, you know, that's a journey he's currently sure. on. And so he recognized that a friend of his was in trouble significant mental health trouble and she was suicidal mm. and so he left what he was doing and he went to her home and tried to convince her to get care and she would not get care in fact while this happened i was on a cruise oh wow mm. we got a text from my daughter that said i have settled him as much as i can but you have got to find a way to contact my son so we contacted him went and bought my you know the wireless thing on the cruise ship. So the so phone you weren't work. as cheap as... No. <laughs> so, 
So when I contacted him, he's like, well, what should I do, mom? And I said, well, keep doing what you're doing, but this is beyond your capability. So you probably need to call 911. He says, I don't want to do that. I'm going to lose her relationship. So he instead called her dad Mm. and her dad came and got her admitted. Well, in this process, when he ran into her apartment, he parked his car not right. And so his vehicle got towed. Oh, oh man. And so he, it was $400 for the to get yeah. the vehicle. And, you know, I said to him, you know, your friend's life is worth more than $400. So, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. And so for him, as he sat this week and listened, this was months ago. It was just now that he came to the realization that, he was interrupted. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so God is just wanting us to be available and he will figure out the quirks. And so my answer to Amari would be he is in tune enough with what he needs to do for schoolwork, but he's in tune enough to what others' needs are and he's able to prioritize. So there's that. a level of trust. Yes, there and, is. Yeah. Yes. Well, and yes. there's also I mean, Omari has the benefit of having been able to observe your interruptibility. Yeah. And I think that, that I think that, that also for kids helps them recognize those maybe those moments because they've seen their parents be interruptible. Yes. I gave examples of my parents. My I'm very blessed because I have godly parents who just and it wasn't until I got older that I understood that they were interrupted or being interruptible. I just thought, for crying out loud, stop it with the helping. Um, yeah. Because sometimes, even as a child, as I mentioned that, you know, you're kind of resentful because you're like, okay, we only have three stuff and now we have to share it. But then over time, you recognize that not only they, were they being interruptible, and what I've learned about the interruption process is that it's not only it's not always about helping others. Sometimes you help yourself. You are the one that walk away with that blessing because yeah. you're like, oh, I got it now. How many times for me, I've visited someone in the hospital thinking I am there to help them. <laughs> and I walk out and think, Thank you, Lord, for making me go. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that that piece, I think with our children and speaking to parents, actually, as I think about my own children, is to be able to look at the Sabbath every week as an interruption to your productivity or your weekly routine and to use the Sabbath as a planned interruption, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And it gives them an understanding of, hey, this is what we do. This is part of our life, that we actually plan to be interrupted from time to time, from oh, week to Jeff, week. that's like a whole sermon right there. That was awesome. And it's funny that we this morning in staff, we broke apart into small groups for our worship time, and we were talking about how faith bolsters our belief in what God says he's going to do versus what we think he might do or could do or... And, you know, where are we on that barometer of just putting our faith and saying, God's got this? And w- at what point do we give in and trust in that faith and just hand things to God and say, this is more than like, this is above my pay grade. I, I can't, <laughs> I-, I know this isn't going to end as well if I continue on. And and speaking to that, that Sabbath, that has been such a blessing for, for my family especially for those of us that really enjoy working and you can get caught up in 
My dad always says if my grandfather hadn't been a Seventh-day Adventist, he said we would have worked seven days a week, 12, you know, we, we would have never stopped for anything. And you grow up with that and you don't think of it as an interruption like you just mentioned, Jeff. But when you live it that way and your kids see it that way, you do find that there is not only an interruption, but there is the rest that God promises. And, you know, I, I tell this and I'm sorry, Ellie, I didn't ask you before I'm telling you this story, but when she wanted to go out for band, marching band at, at Lake Brantley High School. And we're like, well, you know, there's going to be issues with, you know, Friday night. There's going to be travel on Saturday sometimes. There's going to be different things. And how do you want to, how do you want to approach it? And, you know, she was 16, 15. And I was like, you know, these are decisions you have to start making. I mean, you're not an adult, technically an adult, but these are decisions that I can't continue to make for you because this has to be something that you really feel like is in your heart that you have to do or want to do. And so first week she's like, well, I think I'm going to, I'll play, but only till halftime we do our halftime and then (laughs) you come and I'm like, okay, that's a compromise. And we all agreed to that. And then the next week she was like, no, I I don't want to come home. I want to stay. And I was like, okay. And so the, you know, there's the the three of us at home and Heather's just, you know, Heather had the same thing. She was in um, high school, public high school. And, you know, there was that war of feelings and what we wanted to do with when, when she was that way and her parents, you know, didn't really care for it, but you know, they allowed it and it was a tension point. And so she understood it. She's like, I just don't like it. You know, Ellie's not here with us. And, and so, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel like Sabbath because we're not all together mm-hmm. on a Friday night. And so she texted me when she was done and I went and picked her up. I was like, so how'd it go? I wasn't going to bring it up. And she was like, oh, you know, it's really good. And she's like, man, we, we really killed it at halftime. And then we went over to the concession stand and she's just telling me all the stuff that they were doing and they were playing practical jokes on each other and just typical things high school kids would do. And then she's like, but I don't think I'm going to stay anymore. She's like, after, after halftime, I felt, I just didn't feel right. She's like, there was fun going on. I was even having fun, but it didn't feel right. And I wanted to be home with my family on Sabbath. And so after that, you know, we just stuck to that hard and fast rule of, you know, we're going to leave at halftime, whether if it's an away game, then, you know, dad will come pick you up and we have to figure out where all these high schools are. And then we're in the, I mean, it's a mess, but you know, (laughs) we'll do it. And it makes you really find that, those are the things that you can pass to your kids that are important. And, and that's just a, man, that's just such a huge interruption mm-hmm. and it, that I didn't think of that and, and scheduled. I like scheduled because then I know what to expect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so if, you know, there's always something when you're preparing a message, it's something that either maybe didn't fit as nicely in the, in the parameters of what you were speaking towards as you would have hoped, or it was, ah, it was just too long. We can't, we can't go that long in this, in the message. Was there anything that, you know, cause you know, she's watching the clock. She's in the back going like, hello, come on. We got to get, he's to pointing you. to Melanie. By the yeah. <laughs> Melanie. I, well, I wasn't going to call her out personally, but I thought, I thought That's she right. would probably okay. direct enough traffic her way. But was there anything that you thought about or that you were impressed to talk about that was like, ah, it just didn't make it in. Didn't, it didn't make it in, but um, when I started out, we talked a little about, a bit about how Jesus responded to the death of um, his cousin, John the Baptist. Mm. And so one of the themes that didn't make it into the sermon per se, but something that I think is so important is how much time Jesus, when you read through the Bible, it will talk about how much time Jesus withdrew. 
right? He would mm-hmm. withdraw mm-hmm. to himself. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, lots of people discovered on Sabbath that I was Caribbean by background. And so, you know, the, the focus on mental health, you know, we call that, you know, we talk about the soft skills or, you know, that's not a real thing. And we should just, you know, follow Jesus. But when you really look at what it means to truly follow Jesus and develop some of those healthy habits, you will see that when he needed time away, it, he the Bible was clear, like he would withdraw, like he would, the the feeding of the, the 4,000 in Matthew 14 was because he withdrew, they followed him, and he's <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I'll tend to you. But you will see over and over in the Bible where he just took time away to gather himself and take that break and really make sure that his mental health was such that he could do the work that he had in store for him. Didn't fit the theme for today, um, didn't fit the theme for the message, but I thought it was just an important theme that I think, particularly as followers of Christ, that we need to make sure that we're also paying attention to. That's really good because I don't think that that's obvious an obvious interruption i think of the interruptions where you know the 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 woman who was bleeding you know grabbed his mm-hmm. grabbed his mm-hmm. garment and where people are lowered down through the roof you know we want to be healed and all these people are coming asking for things those seem like interruptions and almost demands where he's actually taking the time to interrupt what all of the important work that he had to do to take time to connect with God, even right up until the Garden of Gethsemane the night before. I, I do like, because that that piece where he finds out about his cousin's death right before the feet, you know, right before, literally he's taking care of other people after he gets the news. Yeah. And yet, then afterwards he retreats. But then the next part of that, here's here they come interrupting his life again. You know, they they want to have another piece of him. But it's interesting because I was listening and and he what he does is he interrupts our interruptions. Yes. In other words, they were all jumping him, so to speak. And then he says, "Yeah, but let me let me redirect your interruption." Mm. And he helps us. I, I think he does that constantly mm-hmm. for us because we all think we're on this path that we're directing him, and you know we have <laughs> prayers that you know try to direct him, and Come. then eventually he redirects our interruptions, which I think is clever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least we think we're clever. Yeah. <laughs> one, one way well, or the it's other. clever on his, <laughs> his part. part. There yeah. you go. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to, before we take too much more time, let's uh, let's hit the questions. There was just a couple this week. And I know we've kind of thrown everybody off by telling them we're not going to have Q&A because we're not going to do that to the voices of whole life. They're, they're up front. We're, we're taking that as, our, as the gift. And we're not going to interrupt them afterwards and uh, try to put them more on the spot. So Anonymous asked, do all interruptions come from the Holy Spirit? And if they do... Oh, and if they do not, how will you know the difference? Do they all come from the Holy Spirit? Hmm. No? I don't think so. I'm with Jeff, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I get interrupted by my phone a lot, and I'm pretty sure it's not the Holy Spirit. Some of them are even self-induced, right? You know, I I create a problem. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I create a problem. Create my own problem. Or I then... use interruptions for avoidance, yeah. right? Ooh, yeah. it's that, it's that yeah. person in the yeah. mirror. Oh, you did it to me again. Me. <laughs> and, and Melanie's story was perfect in that you don't always know. It's really about being interruptible. 
it's afterwards that you're like, okay, that's what you wanted me to learn, God. Mm. So really, it's almost to answer that question, how you know the difference. It's really like you've talked about and we've talked about being available, It is saying, go ahead and interrupt me. And that kind of gives you a clue that if you're being interrupted by something that and you might not know it right in the moment, but afterwards, it's probably would you would we agree that it would probably be understandable at that point that that was something that God put in front of me if if we're if we've already opened ourselves up for well that. the three pieces that you gave uh, about inter- I mean I I do think that being mindful of mm-hmm. what you know what an interruption is mm-hmm. you know when when Melanie finally when you realized <laughs> it was oh, not about Uber <laughs> yeah exactly this is not about my ride oh okay I get it. <laughs> But you know, but being that in that level of prayerfulness, mindfulness, uh, a perspective piece in there, I think we have the privilege and the actually the opportunity to look at the interruption and say, okay, this if I keep going down this road, this is just yes. going to distract and you know deter me from what I need to do. And so you can, you know, I think you, I think God gives us a mind and the Holy Spirit to nudge us when we when we're in the middle of a interruption that's just going to take us off course. By the way, Jesus did that many times with people who tried to detour him from, you know, he was interrupted all the yeah. time, yeah. and he figured out, okay, this is going to you're going to try to get me trapped yes. in this conversation. Let me redirect your interruption. And uh, mm. and he and he repurposed it maybe, but I <laughs> repurposing think the, the, the yes, I like the repurposing part. Mm. Well, and I like what you said about the mindful piece because I think I think thinking about the interruption later being reflective and reflexive. Yes. I think and it, and it may take practice over time to recognize you know what that wasn't an interruption that was a distraction correct mm. mm. you know. Or just looking at yourself internally and and asking, I think somebody mentioned it earlier, you know, am I avoiding something else? Am I allowing myself? I mean, there are some people that you need to tell, you know what, you need to be interruptible, you know. And then there are other people that, that need to hear the message. You know what, don't be, you know, overcome by distractions. Yes, you know, don't, sure don't take has. your mind off. Uh, don't, take, don't take your focus off off of the direction that that you're supposed to be headed. But I think that reflective, reflexive, mindful piece that Jeff mentioned is... is There was a gentleman that came to me after the service on Sabbath and he said, you know, it is hard when you're in a very developed country to really be as mindful as God wants you to be. And he said, Mm. after your sermon, I reflected and he said, I thought about two occasions this week Mm. that it was clear that it was an interruption. Mm. And he said, when you talked about the fact that sometimes the Holy Spirit prods, he said, now that I look back, I can I know that was the prodding and I'm going to have to work on being more mindful. Mm. Um, I like that yeah. because it, it's it's going to be a little different for all of us and, and maybe where we are in our walk and, and how we process that information. But just being reflective and, and being purposeful about and keeping that in mind as we go about everything that we have to do. And that answers MomDoc had a couple. And MomDoc, thank you. You've been in the nearly every week in the in the chat and asking and giving great comments. And so she asked, she said, what a great question. Evil interruptions disguised as something much better is the kind of Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Yet think of all the opportunities God has given us for good and redeeming experiences in our daily lives. And I think that's the part where 
And she asked about recognizing the godly interruptions from those we ran from. And I think we already covered that. And just as a person who, and I think her final comment was, this is a great message for those of us always in a hurry to get things done (laughs) and not taking enough time to listen and be ready for special opportunities. And I think that just all goes back to reiterate that being mindful, being in, you know, listening to God and, and maybe taking those opportunities. And you'll probably never know unless you take the opportunities and being open to them and, and letting God be allowed to do those interruptions and then being patient to go, oh, the dog. Yeah, that was that was the reason or <laughs> yes. this gentleman that spoke to you. And so I would encourage you, just like we've already discussed, though, if you've if you've missed the message, just swipe up in today's show notes. You will find Speaking of Grace and the link there that will op- take you to a page that opens the link to any of the probably the five or six most popular podcast players. And you'll be able to take you directly to that episode and hear the message because Again, when you open up and you listen, you're going to find something that one of us maybe didn't find. And if you find something that we didn't talk about, something you want to add, you can always send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. Quick shout out to Karen. We had a nice video chat last week. She is an online viewer from Canada. And so um, she had some feedback for us, the podcast she does. Uh, she is a regular listener and we had a nice, we had a nice time chatting. And so, nice. you know, feel free if you have suggestions or things you'd like to see or things you'd like to hear, uh, reach out and who knows, maybe we'll get together on a Zoom call. Yeah. Thank you, afternoon. Karen. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. And so is there anything else that we need to know that you haven't told us? <laughs> that, that you've been keeping a secret that, you know, you're just like, I don't know if I should tell them. Should I? No. So, so Audrey, you know, let, let the, this is your chance. Let the cat out of the bag, you know, just give us that last bit of, you know, here are the, that- num- here are the numbers. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things, you know, my mom, just amazing lady. I mean, who else is going to stop an armed set of people? Your mom is so awesome. I love your mom already. She always talks about understanding not just the content of what people say, but their intent. Mm. Um, Because sometimes people are not really good at articulating. So a mom might yell at her child to say, your room looks like a pigsty. When really the intent is, I want you to live in a clean space, right? And so she, my mom always says, examine the content and the intent. And I bring that up because I think it's important as we're going through life to know God's intent and to understand the heart of God. And, and he tells us, you know, he, he wants what's best for us. His plans for us, his purpose for us is, is good. And he wants us to seek him and find him when we search for him with all our hearts. So amidst all of the things that happen, I think we just always need to remember, I think, for me, that works. It's God's intent for me is not a bad intent. Mm. And so even in those difficult times or times that don't seem to make sense for me, and a lot of this I learned becoming a wife and a mother, there is nothing my child can do or my children can do to make me unlove them. That's just a fact. It is. I don't always agree with their decisions, but they don't. They can't do anything else for me to love them anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just love them. And I think in some ways God is the same. So even those moments when I 
should be interruptible and I'm not. His intent is always to just be in, my dad would say, this relentless pursuit for a relationship with me. Mm, and I think I like that. we should always, that's the thing I would like us to remember, is that he's very relational and his intent is always a good intent. So if that doesn't make you want to go back and listen to the message, I don't know what will. So that'll be our final call to swipe up in today's show notes and go check out Audrey's message. And just a huge thank you for all from all of us yes, on staff. Yes, so thank much. you. You know, the it's a it's a favorite time for us to get to meet new people and to not new people, but to to make that newness kind of go away and it's all yes. and now we can leave as friends. <laughs> and you know, cuz once you once you're up front, you're kind of part of the that group that, you know, we all know now. And I really, really enjoyed the message. I encourage you all to check it out. Next week, we continue. It's week three of mm-hmm. four. Yeah. Three of four. four. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite guy yeah. in the whole world, Stanton Stan Reed. Stanton Reed is going to be, yes. I know we talked a little bit about last week. He was supposed to preach last year and had a death in the family, was not that. able to make it. And man, I am so excited. Stanton has always said, I want to come and sit. During one of the, I just want to I just want to see I just want to see it I want to be a part <laughs> and so next week we're actually going to give him a microphone twice well three times two times on Saturday and once on whenever it is we can catch him for the podcast awesome and yeah. so I am certainly looking forward to that as well he's the only man this year that will be speaking oh. it's all it's the three out of four females and so far you guys are killing it so he's Does got that he, make him the rose among the thorns or the I, thorns I, among the roses I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stanton, you've got big shoes. We're to fill. deductive at whole life. <laughs> so once again, thank you so much for, for taking the time also to come during the week and be yes. a part of our podcast. Thank you. And yeah. I would say a special shout out to the the pastoral staff. Like if you're nervous or whatever it is, they'll just figure it out for you. And, and <laughs> they're very helpful and they take away all the intimidation and just um, shepherd you through. So well, we big want shout you to out. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> big shout out to the staff. So that's Venmo.com right. slash, <laughs> slash Bachman. Bachman has two ends, by the way. Two ends for Bachman. Yeah. All right. We joke. We joke. So thank you again. And thank you all for listening and have a great week. Great week.